0: what's up ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another edition of locked on texans your daily texans talking news update and as always you can find locked on texans on google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, stitcher megaphone and spotify and as always i'm your host cody davis i'm in the studio by myself but hey i'm gonna make sure i still give you guys a good show john was unfortunately unable to record due to some other engagements but hey i got you guys covered Here on Locked On Texans, we are still trying to process and make sense of what the Texans did in order to make Bill O'Brien, just giving him full power. As you know, on Tuesday, the Houston Texans gave Bill O'Brien the official role and title of general manager. And after a day of just thinking about it, you know, it's not my first choice, just only due to the fact that With Bill O'Brien being named the official general manager, that means we're going to have at least one. We're going to have at least two more years with B.O.B. on the sideline. But the one positive that I took away from this whole scenario is the fact that Bill O'Brien did make some good moves throughout the 2019 season. We all know what he did a couple days before opening kickoff against the New Orleans Saints. He made some important moves, bringing in Laramie Tunstall, bringing in Kenny Stills, getting Carlos Hyde, getting Deuce Johnson, and throughout the season, he continued to improve this roster, i.e. getting Vernon hall and Garyon Conley. And with the amount of cap space the Texans are going into the offseason with, if there is one person that I have trust will make the right moves in order to get this team better heading into the new season that person surprisingly is Bill O'Brien <laughs> you know if you if you listen to the show on yesterday I made a joke with John by saying I believe Bill O'Brien did a better job as general manager versus with the the, the work that he did on the field and I'm and, and to a certain extent it's kind of true. You're talking about a coach in Bill O'Brien. You had some people, including John, saying he should win some kind of award for the moves that he did. Of course, the only bad deal that he did was when he shipped Jadavion Clowney to Seattle. But I personally do not believe that you wanted to go into the 2019 season with the Clowney situation hanging over the team's head. And two, why? waste a year of not only yourself but Jadavion's clowny season when you know at the end of the year you're not going to give him the amount of money he wanted and and three it was, it was just time it, it was just time and the fact that they waited so long they lost so much leverage of course they could have got so much more back from for clowny but one bad move I want to say he he basically made it made it up with the rest of the roster changes that he did that weekend, all the way up until playoffs. To stick with Bill O'Brien's GM role, today marks the first day of a new topic that John and myself are going to do. Every Thursday, we're going to come in here and we're going to ask the question, will the Texans have a better offseason this year than they did in 2019? And I say that just due to the fact the Texans have a new general manager. And last year, a team who had so much promise failed tremendously in free agency. At the time, Houston was still under Brian Gang. Nearly every single day, he was signing multiple players to one-and-done deals. Players like Tayshon Gibson and Bradley Roby, who, because of that terrible deal, they might not even be here next season. He did such a terrible job in those short amount of months is the main reason why he is not here one year later. And I don't know about you, but I would much rather go into the offseason with Bill O'Brien as my GM versus the terrible, awful job that Brian Gang did. And the one job, or in this case, the job that Gang did not do, was to retain key players Of their 2018 core. And the one guy that I am looking at. Is a guy who will be playing on Sunday. While the Texans. Will be sitting on their couch. With their family and friends. Super Bowl party. Whatever it might be. Even if they are in Miami. They're not going to be on that field. But the guy that I'm looking at. Is Tyron Matthews. Now. Now. Before I get into my thoughts on Matthews and the Houston Texans, I'm not saying by no way, shape, or form that if the Texans would have kept Matthews, he would have been enough to get this team over the top to be playing on Sunday. I'm not saying he would have been that much of a difference maker. Well, I'm not going to say that much of a different maker, but I do believe the Texans would have been better in 2019 if they would have kept him. And what I, and, and I want to break down and ask today, did the Texans make the right decision by letting Matthews walk in free agency? speaking of the super bowl before we get into today's topic any of you guys even excited about the super bowl uh as a saints fan i am (laughs) i am more excited about it this year than i was last year we all know what happened last year i'm not going to get into all that um this year i'm actually going to watch it Uh, i'm not going to boycott it kansas city san francisco it's a tough choice i do believe that this is going to be a good game you know, you have a high-power offense going up against a high-power defense. And and I'm not going to give a prediction yet because I'm kind of torn of which team will have the upper hands. The high-power offense, which is Kansas City, depending on what they do on Sunday and depending on what they do within the next three to four years, Kansas City can submit themselves As one of, if not the most high power offense in NFL history. Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. But then on the flip side, you know that cliche defense wins championships. So, like I say, um, John and myself, we're going to get into Super Bowl predictions tomorrow. Yes, I know this is a Texans show, and yes, the Texans are not playing on Sunday, unfortunately. But, hey, it's the Super Bowl. It's the biggest game of the year. We have to at least touch on it. But speaking of the Super Bowl, like I mentioned, there is a guy who will be playing on Sunday who the Texans decide to let walk last season, and that guy was Tyron Matthews. Now, Matthew only spent one year in Houston. (laughs) I just don't understand why Houston loved those one-year deals. But anyways, Matthew spent only one year in Houston, which was the 2018 season. And there, I remember there was a lot of excitement surrounding his arrival. You're talking about a guy who made the Pro Bowl, I believe it was two years prior to signing in 2015. You're talking about a guy with the Arizona Cardinals who... He wasn't the first safety you thought about when you thought about some of the top safeties and defensive backs in his league. But if there was a tier of safeties in the league, he wouldn't be first tier, but he would definitely be a second tier with the work that he did in Arizona. So when he arrived in Houston, a lot of people, including myself, believed that he was an additional piece who can help this team get closer to the Super Bowl. Not only that, you're talking about a defensive team that was highlighted by the likes of J.J. Watt, Jadeveon Clowney, Jonathan Joseph, and Honey Badger. From your front seven to your secondary, the Texans had some respected, and valuable players on that defensive side of the ball. And to be honest, going into that 2018 season, I really thought the Texans were going to have one of the best defensive teams in the league. And although they did not live up to the high expectations, they still did a fairly solid job. You're talking about a team who finished 12th, in the league, in defensive yards per game, only giving up an average of 343. Of course, a big portion of that, most likely 75% of the, the Texans' success. And a big portion of that, most likely over 50%, let's say 60 to 70%, of the reason why the Texans were still able to fall a little bit outside of the top 10 and giving up the least amount of average yards was only due to the fact that they had a strong front seven. And unfortunately, just like the roller coaster ride the Texans secondary went on in 2019, is the same ride that they repeated from 2018. And while their secondary do mirror a lot of the 2019 squad, Tyron Matthews was one of the bright spots of that secondary in 2018. And yes, I understand. A lot of people believe that Matthews' play in Houston was one of his least productive seasons in Houston. But ladies and gentlemen, we're looking back on what he did in his long season with the Texans and looking back at what the Texans had in 2019. I'm under the impression that Matthew's season in Houston is a little bit undervalued and a little bit underrated. You're talking about a guy who started all 16 games. He matched his career high with 89 tackles, 70 with solo hits. He recorded a career high three sacks, two interceptions, eight pass deflections, four quarterback hits, five tackles for a loss, and one fumble recovery. Now, when you take those same numbers, now, when you take those same numbers and compare it to his 2019 season in Kansas City, it was about the same. 16 games, 75 tackles, 63 with solo hits. He had two sacks, four interceptions, 12 pass deflections. When comparing what he did in 2018 and 2019 in comparison to what the Texans secondary did this season, if he was to resign in Houston last offseason, Matthews would have been the Texans' best safety of this past season. And I only say that due to the fact that when you take a look at his numbers from 2018, what he did in the Texans' uniform, and you take a look at his numbers of what he did in the in Kansas City uniform, the Texans' safeties do not match the production of Matthews. In every single category, Matthews outplayed Every single one of the Texans' safeties on the 2019 roster. The only player who outplayed Matthews in any category was Justice Reed. Matthews only recorded 75 tackles this past season. Justice Reed, 78. Even in the one category where the Texans outplayed Matthews, it's only by three, so it's not that much of a difference. None of the Texans safeties had a sack. Matthews had two. Tayshawn Gibson, three interceptions. Matthew has four. <laughs> and here's the biggest one that really caught my eye. Of all the Texans' safeties who played throughout the season, Tayshawn Gibson has the most pass deflections with eight. Matthews alone came close to doubling that with 12 by himself. And for a Kansas City team who is not really known for their play on the defensive side of the ball. Just like he did for the Texans in 2018. Having him on the field really made a difference for Kansas City. In 2018, Kansas City finished second to last for most passing yards allowed, giving up an average of 273 yards per game. In comparison to last season, they finished eighth and only gave up an average of 221 passing yards per game. In comparison to the Texans, in 2018, they gave up an average of 260 passing yards and in 2019 they finished the fourth worst allowing an average of 267 passing yards per game. <laughs> so remember that analogy I made at the start of the segment where I said the Texans rode the same roller coaster in 2019 as they did in 2018. It's it's true. <laughs> and letting Matthews walk. Like if they if the Texans would have kept Matthews Once again, I'm not saying he would have helped this team. He would have made that much of a difference to get this team to Miami on Sunday. But having Matthews on this team was a step in the right direction. Because this is a team outside of Jonathan Joseph. What secondary do you really have to depend on? I know there are players who stepped up at a certain amount of times. And I, and, and I do believe that if they would have kept Matthews for another year, if they would have gave him the, the three-year, 42 million contract that he signed in Kansas City, all that would have done is put Houston in a position where their secondary could have been stronger, not only for 2019, not only for 2020, but just years down the line. And this is a guy who really, truly wanted to stay with this organization. So, when reflecting on Matthews' time in Houston, like like I keep saying, because I don't want you guys to get the wrong impression. I'm not saying Tyron Matthews would have made so much of a difference. The Texans would have been playing on Sunday, but it would continue to put this team in a step in the right direction. But instead, they let Tyron Matthews go. And now, you might be without Bradley Roby, you might be without Tayshawn Gibson. There's rumors that Jonathan Joseph might retire. So, as a secondary as a whole, what is what is there left to do next? It's like Houston can never get off of square one. But I bet you any money, if they had a chance to do it all over again and Bill O'Brien was this team general manager, B.O.B. would have got some kind of deal done with the Honey Badger. And I would bet you that with my bookie. If you enjoy football and have a heartbeat, then you know what's coming. It's that time of the year. Plan a party, get snacks, get ready to get your wagers locked in because the Super Bowl is finally here. You got a feeling about who's going to bring home the Lombardi trophy. And you don't want to miss out on your last chance to get all of your bets in before the NFL season ends. MyBookie features the most complete line of Super Bowl of any sports book in the business. The amount of sports betting is simply easy. All you have to do is visit MyBookie.ag slash party now to access printable prop sheets for the big game. Football not your jam? Don't sweat it. Because MyBookie have you covered with lines on every single major sports, including the NBA, NHL, and the NCAA. And you all know everyone's favorite sports betting time, March Madness, is just around the corner. Plus, if you deposit right now, they'll match your deposit halfway. That's basically free cash to throw down your best bet. This will be the last chance to take advantage to sign up now into promo code locked on when you make your deposit. Once again, that's promo code locked on to get your bankroll a jump start. My bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. It's going to be really interesting to see what the Texans have in store for their franchise heading into this offseason. Like I mentioned before, I do believe that this is by far the most important offseason for the Houston Texans in their franchise history. And I only say that due to the fact you have some of the most important pieces covered. You have your franchise quarterback. You have one of, if not the best receiver in the game in DeAndre Hopkins. And you have some pretty key players surrounding those two. Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, which I am certainly sure they're going to re-sign Hyde. J.J. Watt can still play at a high level. You have a solid second receiver in Kenny Stills. You could have three solid receivers depending on the health and what they do with Will Fuller. Your offensive line is trending in the right direction due to the addition of Laramie Tunsil, who I date better resign, as well as Titus Howard, who unfortunately had his rookie season cut short due due to a knee injury, I do believe he has a bright future in store for him moving forward. But once again, I do not believe the Texans are going to make that next leap until they finally do something with that secondary. Once again, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24 word from the wise sticking with the theme all week whatever you do in life do it with the mamba mentality you are locked on texans your daily podcast on the houston texans part of the locked on podcast network your team every day